been 17 years since my mom was killed, and then a few later, few months later, Dimebag Daryl, on this day, December 8th, 2004. Today's podcast is dedicated to the memory of my mom, Christy Soul, and Dimebag Daryl Abbott. Columbus concert. Standing there next to the speakers, and he was, you know, he was shooting, pointing out to the crowd. Five people dead when a gunman opens fire inside a nightclub. Tonight, the man behind the shooting, the Columbus cop who heroically ended the violence, and the innocent victims who are being remembered. 10 TV's live team coverage of the deadly concert shooting starts right now. on the shooting that left five dead. And tonight there is a lot to tell you about the terrifying night at Al Rosa Villa as people all across the country struggle to understand what happened right here in Columbus. We have team coverage tonight on the deadly concert shooting. 10TV Eyewitness News reporter Ted Hart has a wrap-up on the victims. Christine Dobbin is looking into the background of the gunman. And we begin tonight with Kevin Landers, who has the latest now from Columbus Police. Kevin? Well, the 9 9- on one tapes paint a picture of chaos and fear inside the Rosa Lounge. When it was over, witnesses told us they believe the gunman had a grudge against one of the band members because he pointed the gun directly at him. Police have not been able to confirm that. Tonight, this murder scene is continuing to provide more questions than answers. I'm at the Alaska Villa, and there's a shooting. Someone is shooting the band on the stage. He ran on stage and just started shooting people. Someone's shooting the band on the stage. Witnesses say it was pandemonium inside the Al Rosa concert lounge last night. This guy ran up on stage and shot him point blank in the head. Dimebag Daryl Abbott, the lead guitarist of the group Damage Plan, would be the first to die. 16-year-old Jeremy Spencer saw the gunman run on stage. He fired a full clip and he was reloading. It was just after 10 o'clock. Does anybody have a description? Yeah, did anyone see him with the gun, see him shooting? He's still shooting. He's still shooting. Do you see him anywhere? Up to inside. He's still shooting. Five people would die, including 23-year-old Nathan Bray, a fan of the band. Witnesses say the gunman had a grudge against one of the band members. When you see somebody point a gun at one person only, and unload five rounds in them, something personal is going on. How many shots were fired? Well, good, 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 good. I don't know. Did you see anybody with a gun? Yes. Police say the gunman was 23-year-old Nathan Gale. He was on stage with a hostage when Columbus police officer James Niggemeyer quietly entered the lounge's back door. He would kill the suspect and end the killing spree. It appeared that he was about to kill his hostage uh, when the officer... Uh, basically put an end to it. Tonight, Oriel grows on a rock outside the Al Rosa Lounge. I'm still in shock, you know. Fans in old come to pay respect to the band and the victims. What no one can answer is why a night of fun turned into one of the deadliest shootings in recent memory. There's no actual way to deal with it. Now, police identified another victim as 29-year-old Aaron Hawk. He was a fan of the band. The fifth victim has not been identified. We'll have more on this investigation coming up at 5.30. Reporting live from North Columbus, Kevin Landers, 10TV Eyewitness News.
thanks, Kevin. Four innocent victims died in last night's gunfire. Two others are at Riverside Hospital tonight. And that's where 10 TV Eyewitness News reporter Ted Hart is. Ted? Of the two victims here at Riverside, one is listed in critical condition. The other has asked the hospital not to release any information about their condition. But uh, the uh, innocent victims, there are, there are still four others, uh, families and friends of four innocent victims trying to cope with their loss tonight. The four were there in four, for four different reasons, but in a matter of a couple of minutes, they all became victims of the same gunman. The band's 38-year-old guitarist Daryl Abbott, known as Dimebag, may have been the intended target, but also killed was 40-year-old Jeff Thompson of Texas, who was, known, who was an employee of the band. 23-year-old Nathan Bray of Grove City, who was there in the audience as a fan, and 29-year-old Aaron Hawk of Upper Arlington, who worked at the Al Rosa doing security and moving band equipment. Now, Hawk's mother is Margie, Margie Carvor, the city clerk for the city of Upper Arlington. The families for both local victims declined comment uh, tonight, but uh, we spoke with a former teacher of one of the victims about the loss, and you'll hear from him coming up at 5.30. Reporting live from Riverside Hospital, Ted, Ted Hart, 10TV Eyewitness News. Thanks, Ted. Police are calling the officer who quickly responded to the scene a hero tonight. Columbus Police Officer James Niggemeyer came in through the back door. He spotted the shooter with a hostage, then shot were fired, killing Nathan Gale. We're working on a minute-by-minute -minute account of what led Officer Dengemeyer into the club to begin with, and we'll have that for you tonight at 5.30. Well, we may never know the motive for last night's shooting, but tonight, police have pinpointed the gunman. 10TV Eyewitness News reporter Christine Dobbin continues tonight's team coverage. Christine? Angela, neighbors say that 25-year-old Nathan Gale lived in an apartment behind me here in downtown Marysville. His friends describe him as quite a loner. Dave Johnson and Jeremy Bray went to concerts with Nate. They even let him sit in on some of their band practices. But they say a few years ago, his personality began to change and they began to distance themselves from him. They say he loved music. He was almost obsessed with the band Pantera, now known as Damage Plan. We started noticing acting a little funny. Um, we was having band practice one day, and he come. He wanted to sing a couple songs in our band, and we didn't really like the idea. And then he showed me his lyrics, and he had a couple pages of a few different songs that were Pantera lyrics that he said he wrote. And I said, "You can't do these. These aren't your songs." Jeremy says that Nate was a former Marine, but he says he never heard him talk about guns or shooting anyone. Coming up at six, hear why these two friends believe it could have been them. Reporting live in downtown Marysville, Christine Dobbin, 10 TV Eyewitness News. Thank you very much, Christine. Now, we have not been allowed into the Al Rosa yet because it is still a crime scene, but the club's website does offer a look. This gives you a better idea of how things may have looked last night. It's a small club, and again, police say the gunman went through a side door, climbed onto the stage, and then began shooting. Initial indications are that security guards at Al Rosa Villa would have been able to do little to stop Nathan Gale shooting rampage last night. Several witnesses said that Gale hopped over an eight-foot security fence, burst through a side door at the club, and was on stage shooting before security guards who gave chase could catch him. Many of the audience thought it was all a hoax at first. The owner of the nightclub says it's just a terrible tragedy that nobody could do anything about. Angela, so many related stories come out of this story last night's tragedy. Police say this is not the first time that they have been called to a shooting involving the El Rosa Villa. Just last month, police told us that a shooting on Morse Road stemmed from the fight at the Sinclair Road Club. And then in January of last year, four people were shot after another fight at the club. A Columbus police officer had
had to fire three rounds to get that situation under control. And we have this just in from the Franklin County coroner on how the victims died in the Al Rosa shootings. Daryl Abbott died from multiple gunshot wounds to the head. Jeffrey Thompson died from gunshot wounds to the body. Nathan Bray died from just one shot to the body. And Aaron Hawk died from several gunshots to the body. Again, the coroner has just released the official cause of death in this shooting. Recapping this tragic story, five people dead from a shooting at the Al Rosa Villa nightclub at 5055. Sinclair Road in North Columbus. Those killed include Daryl Dimebag Abbott, the guitarist for the group Damage Plan. A Columbus police officer shot and killed the gunman, 25-year-old Nathan Gale of Marysville, who witnesses say was holding a hostage in a headlock at the time. Authorities still do not know why Gale went on the rampage. Police have interviewed more than 200 people who were inside the Northside Club during the shooting. Be sure to stay with 10TV for continuing live TV coverage of this shocking story and we'll bring you the very latest throughout our 5 30 and 6 p.m newscasts members of the 80s heavy metal band motley crew knew one of the victims of last night's shooting very well and today they spoke out about their friend and fellow rocker daryl abbott motley crew will soon be launching a tour of its own band members say violence like last night's shooting doesn't only hurt one band it has an effect on all of rock and roll you know, it's a sad thing when you're probably going to go into a nightclub, you know, and have to go through a metal detector. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's sad. Um, it, it takes the fun out of going uh, to go in to go and have a good time. This is a, this is where this stuff's not supposed to happen. Not when you're making music. <laughs> The members of Motley Crue were devastated when they heard about the shooting of their friend. They send their condolences to the friends and family of Dimebag Daryl Abbott. And of course, we are continuing to follow the latest development in the deadly concert shooting. Here's Jerry Revis now with a look at what's coming up tonight at 5.30. But as we continue, a chaotic scene that came down to just three minutes from the first gunfire to the final shot. We'll take a look at each moment of this deadly concert shooting. Plus, a closer look at the band Damage Plan. A Columbus fan got the chance to hang out with band members. And you'll hear from the last interviews of band leaders killed in last night's attack. It's all next on 10 TV Eyewitness News. As far as the band and connection with this guy, uh, we weren't going to rule out anything. But right now, we don't see any connection at all. Uh, that could change. We may never know the motive for this. It's just going to be one of the facts that we have right now. Coming up at 6 o'clock, we'll take a closer look at police officer James Niggemeyer. He's the officer who shot and killed the suspect. You'll hear how he was able to end this night of terror. And we have new information now. Police have now identified the fifth person killed in the shooting. His name is Jeff Thompson, 40 years old. Last address was Texas. More on the story coming up at 6 o'clock. Reporting live from North Columbus, Kevin Landers, 10TV Eyewitness News. There was a total of seven victims from last night's shooting. Five of them died right inside that nightclub, including a member of the band and the gunman. Two people still in the hospital tonight. And for the latest on the victims, we go to 10TV Eyewitness News reporter Ted Hart. And I come through the crowd, jump up on stage. He, he like came on stage, like from the back. Like he knew what he was doing and went just straight to dime, just immediately. He kind of fell backwards, you know, and he was still holding his guitar when he, when he was laying on the ground. And then I seen the, um, one of the band members fall off the stage, you know, he fell. And then I see, I looked up behind him and I seen the guy with a gun standing there next to the speakers and he was, you know, he was shooting, pointing out to the crowd. Some guy started firing some shots. 
Um, I watched the one guy go down. I jumped on stage, started helping another guy give him CPR. And it was just, I watched another officer um, take him out. The ordeal ended when a Columbus police officer raced to that scene and shot Nathan Gale. And as Kevin Landers mentioned, Officer Niggemeyer is a five-year veteran. <laughs> the gunfire broke out just after 10 o'clock. We received a call at 1018. That started the night of terror for Officer James Niggemeyer. Just two minutes after the call at 1020, he was inside the Al Rosa Villa nightclub without backup, searching for a killer. Once the officer entered, uh, it was probably less than a minute that he engaged the suspect. At 1021, Niggemeyer found the gunman with a hostage in a headlock and a gun pointed at him. It appeared that he was about to kill his hostage uh, when the officer uh, basically put an end to it. Officer Niggemeyer didn't have time to waste. In less than a minute, the officer shot the suspect, Nathan Gale. We have four fatalities from the gunman, and the gunman makes five. Quick thinking by the hostage gave the officer a few seconds to shoot. The hostage uh, was able to help us out uh, uh, as far as uh, getting out of the way somewhat. The, uh, the officer took advantage of that. By 11 o'clock, dozens of officers swarmed the scene searching for answers. But hours later, questions still linger. We may never know for this. It's just going to be one of the facts that we have right now. And police remained at the club as the sun came up this morning. And they were joined by fans of the band who set up a memorial to the victims. Fans laid flowers and cards at the site, as you see, and talked to one another about what happened. Tonight, Damage Plan fans are organizing a vigil at the club. That'll start at 7 o'clock. Now in Texas, an outpouring of support for dime bag Daryl Abbott. Fans left flowers and cards in front of his home outside Dallas. Police are standing guard because some big names in music are expected to stop by to pay their respects. The Abbott brothers grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and their father, country western songwriter Jerry Abbott, owned a recording studio in the area. Mayor Coleman is in Washington tonight. He's calling for metal detectors as a deterrent to gun crimes and nightclubs. Clubs, but he says it's up to the owners of those night spots to keep patrons safe. Those clubs and bars that have had repeated problems, uh, you know, they need to think about putting up uh, metal detectors and uh, uh, being more careful and watchful about who comes into their establishments. Coleman says he was awakened in the middle of the night with the news of the shootings. He says he remains just absolutely horrified. We have continuing coverage right now of our top story, the deadly concert shooting at the Al Rosa nightclub. Brian Kozicki was one of the fans inside the club when the shooting erupted, and he actually made one of the many 911 calls to police. And Brian joins us now from near his home in Bowling Green up in Northwest Ohio. Brian, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Brian, can you think back to last night and take us through the moments before the shooting when the band was on stage? Well, it was a pretty normal night up until when the shooting happened. And then right about a minute into when Damage Plan started playing, a guy just walked across the stage and went to Mike Darrow and he got him and shot him right in the head three or four times. Now, we understand that some of the fans actually thought this was part of the show. What about you? Did you think this was part of the show, or did you know something was wrong? I, 
I, I thought at first that it might have been an act and it might have been part of the show. But then when I saw Dimebag Daryl fall and I saw the gun and I saw the blood, I knew it absolutely was not part of the show. And that's when I called 911. Now, when you called 911, what did you say to police when you called? I just told them that uh, shots had been fired and where I was, that I was at the Alrosa Villa and that uh, Dimebag Daryl was down on stage and that, that uh, more shots were being fired as I actually talking to them on the phone. Could you see the gunman during the time that you were on the phone? Uh, I was when uh, after Don Bagdero dropped, I dropped down behind behind my board to take cover because I saw him pointing the gun out into the crowd. So I dropped down and took cover. Did you see the police officer actually take uh, aim and fire at Dimebag? I'm sorry, yes, fire at uh, Nathan. Good Lord, he was the sound guy. Yeah, I did. I did see the police officer uh, fire at the suspect and take him out. All right, and how are you feeling tonight? Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'm going to be fine. All I'm right. going to be fine. Just shaking up still. I can imagine. Brian uh, Kaziki, thank you so much for joining us from outside your home at Bowling Green. We really do appreciate you taking the time this evening. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Boy, what a chilling account. We could have went on for a couple hours. I know a young man to have to go through all yeah. that, as, as all those folks were. Mm -hmm. We're continuing to follow developments in that rock concert shooting. And coming up next at 5.30, who is Damage Plan? We're going to talk with music experts and a fan who got the chance to get to know some of the band members. And continuing our big story coverage tonight, we want to bring you more about the history of the band Damage Plan and one of Dimebag Daryl Abbott's final interviews. Damage Plan formed after Abbott and his brother Vinnie Paul split from the band Pantera, one of the most popular heavy metal bands of the 90s. In one of Abbott's final interviews, and you'll see him on the right side of your screen, he sat down with Damage Plan's lead singer, Pat Lockman, to talk about the challenges their new band had been facing. Before we play the old stuff at the end of the night, I let everybody know that, you know, ain't no chance in hell we're trying to ride on the credibility of Pantera. But sorry, you got half a Pantera there. And that was a huge part of me and Vinny's life, man. And uh, I feel that the fans got let down. You know, the Pantera fans were let down. And, and I'm here to prove with Damage Plan that me and Vinny had nothing to ever. F we never let the fans down and that we can get up a Damage Plan and blast in songs better than they've ever been played and sang. And uh, the response has been great. And I'll tell you, there's not been a song that we've gone to that uh, anybody's gave us any flack about Pantera or Pantera in the middle of the set. Nobody's yelled nothing at us and nobody's come up to us and said, hey, dude, you know, this or that. It's been nothing but, hey, dude, we're down with the plan. And uh, nothing but awesome comments and compliments for Pat, man. And, uh, yeah, the point is definitely getting across. This new band, Damage Plan, had a hardcore, almost cult-like following. I went out this afternoon to find out why their fans loved them so much. It's really extreme, razor sharp. And these guys came on the scene and they were just heavy, aggressive, just in-your-face rock and roll. The thing that fans loved about Damage Plan was its lack of rock star ego. Sean Flaherty had a chance in camera with Dimebag Daryl on the Ocean campus a few years ago. And I walked in there eating with his brother Vinny, who's the drummer of Damage Plan. And uh, they invited us to come over and sit down and eat with them. And we walked down OSU campus, went to a guitar uh, store. Dimebag autographed a CD for Flaherty, who stood down front later that night during the concert. When he died, he was doing something he loved. And there's a lot of people in the world that can't say that. Heavy metal doesn't sell a lot of records anymore, 
but Dimebag and Vinny cared more about their music than the money. 10TV's music critic Kenny Honecker says, it's a sad but ironic truth that the band's only CD released last February may now see bigger sales. It's kind of uh, sad that people, you know, sometimes don't even get turned on to the music until there's an unfortunate situation like this. And fans will hold a vigil for the band at the Alarosa tonight at 7. We continue our coverage until why a gunman opened fire on that crowded concert. Columbus, Ohio, are investigating a deadly shooting last night at a nightclub where a heavy metal rock band was performing. CBS's Cynthia Bauer gives you the inside story. Damage plan had just begun its first song at this Columbus concert hall when a man armed with a gun jumped on stage and opened fire in front of a stunned crowd. We heard banging. You know, we thought it was part of the stage show. Until thrash rock icon Dimebag Daryl Abbott fell to the ground, still clutching his guitar. Panicked concert goers raced for the doors, frantically calling for help. And a grudge. When you see somebody point a gun at one person only and unload five rounds in them, something personal is going on. Witnesses say the shooter then took aim at the audience, firing at will, even reloading, killing three people, wounding two others. I watched one guy go down. I jumped on stage, started helping another guy give him CPR. Police credit a nearby officer for keeping the death toll from being higher. He responded within minutes, getting off the shot that killed the gunman, who has been identified as 25-year-old Nathan Gale, a heavy metal music fan. Abbott, 38, was well-known in rock and roll circles. He and his brother, Vinnie Paul Abbott, the band's drummer, had recently left Grammy-nominated band Pantera to form Damage Plan, a move that upset many fans, but one Abbott defended not long ago. We can get up a Damage Plan and blast him songs better than they've ever been played and sang. Pantera was one of the few heavy metal bands to make it to the top of the charts and millions of fans had hoped for a reunion one day. But as one said, just like the Beatles, it won't happen now. Ironically or not, Daryl Abbott was shot 24 years to the day that John Lennon was killed. Cynthia Bowers, CBS News, Columbus. You're watching this. Smoke weed every day. Get your pull, brother.
Yesterday marks 15 years since guitarist Daryl Abed, better known as Dimebag Daryl, was shot and killed in Columbus. The former Pantera guitarist was performing with his band Damage Plan, which included his brother at the Al Rosa Villa December 8, 2004, when a gunman rushed the stage and shot him several times. Three people, not including the gunman, died in the shooting. The gunman was killed by police. Mike Bank Sucks Podcast. <clears throat> Sitting here crying like a girl. Everybody that knows me knows that there is a Cowboys from Hell tattoo on the back of my leg. It says R.I.P. Dimebag. Man, that shit was fucked up. This is Hyrax on the Mike Bank Sucks Podcast. This is sounds from the underground. people were shot and killed inside the Al Rosa Villa Lounge. It was the second worst mass shooting in Columbus history. The gunman Nathan Gill was shot and killed by Columbus police officer Jim Nigmeyer, whose actions that night helped spare the lives of others who ran for the exits as that shooting began. 10 TV's Kevin Landers spoke to the officer about that terrifying night, how it's affected him, and the law that he hopes will pass to help first responders who suffer from emotional trauma on the job. When I pulled my cruiser up and out, um, there was three or four people that were yelling, come to the back door, come to the back door. 12 years ago, Officer Jim Niggemeyer's life changed forever. I mean, certainly feel horrible for the victims and their families. Around 10.20 p.m. on December 8th, 2000.
four, Niggemeyer entered through this back door. Al Rosa Villa was shotgun in hand. He put the gun up to the officer's head and stopped where it was and just pulled up a shot. On this night, he pointed his shotgun at the head of Nathan Gale, who was holding a hostage, and ended his life. Gale's shooting rampage would kill four people, including the lead guitarist Daryl Dimebag Abbott of the heavy metal band Damage Plan. He says the trauma of that night has left emotional scars he hasn't been able to shake. You can have all the therapy that you want, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get better. Um, if you don't get better, then who's there to help you? The shooting cost him his job, not because of what he did, but because he was diagnosed with PTSD, a post-traumatic stress disorder. Under Ohio law, anyone who suffers a mental issue not associated with an injury while on the job isn't covered by workers' compensation. Nigga wants the law to change. I think they need to do a lot of job and helping the officers that don't have physical injuries but mental injuries. Twice, lawmakers tried to change the law, but each time, they were stopped. Business leaders like the Ohio Chamber of Commerce and Ohio Manufacturers Association wrote the Senate president saying, quote, members are greatly concerned and strongly oppose it. The group said workers' compensation was designed to compensate physical injuries. This amendment would permit compensating PTSD without there being an underlying physical harm and will lead to major cost increases for the Ohio public employers and private business. Niggemeyer now works for the city's fleet management division. Twelve years after the shooting that made him a hero for saving the lives of others, he says the emotional toll of taking a life has far from faded from his memory. Still see psychologists 12 years later um, and take medication, which helps a lot. Um, but, it, you know, that's the question I've asked. Is, is it going to go away? Kevin Landers, 10TV News. Well, Nathan Gale was not supposed to have a gun because of his disability, but his mother said she bought the gun for him. Stay away! 
Welcome back to Metal Injections Countdown. On this edition, we'll be revisiting the most shocking moments in heavy metal history. From murders and lawsuits to animal decapitation, our esteemed panel of metalheads will look back at the 10 most controversial moments in metal. December 8th, 2004 is a day that I wish uh, would have never happened. Because on that night, Officer Niggemeyer would cross paths with Dimebag Daryl, a famed heavy metal guitarist for the group Pantera, who was shot while performing at the Al Rosa Villa nightclub. Probably most of the metal scene has grown up listening to and uh, admiring Pantera and his guitar work, and uh, it's still shocking. I mean, can you imagine going up on stage to play a show and seeing a crazy fan come on stage, or just a fan, seeing a fan come on stage and thinking, oh, the guy's going to stage dive, and then getting shot. I mean, it's just unimaginable. I don't even think it's ever happened in music in general where an artist has been performing and then a maniac comes on stage to specifically kill them. It's not like he was only killing spree, shooting at everyone in the audience. Some other people did get shot, but it was very deliberate who he was going after. And it was a fan too. He'd obviously gone mentally ill. But, um, it was so tragic when it happened because he was so beloved and um, just the fact that it, it happened on stage happened when Pantera weren't on good terms with each other. So, you know, we're, you see all these bands reuniting now. That'll never happen with Pantera, at least how it once was. To be taken from us in the way he was, I think is just, you know, soul crushing. I mean, to, you know, I, you know, I look at, you know, 9-11 happening, that event, you know, that was like, you know, forgot the, the Constitution of Treason album. You know, that was, those two events were like still burning our brains where it's like, that's something that kind of affects your, your whole um, way you see the world. Um, and that's, that's, that's a morning that doesn't, you know, you don't, doesn't go away after a couple of days, you know, sticks with you for a few years. I mean, I'd say if there's any silver lining, at least he died doing the thing he loves the most. I sat down at home by myself and I watched that footage, seeing the suspect going across the stage, just thinking to myself, why? Why did you do this? What was the reasoning? Just a band trying to perform for people. I learned that he was just a mentally deranged human being that was not on his medication. And I cried and my wife cried. And we left and I came to work and I had to do an obituary for my idol on the radio, choked up. I couldn't even talk. And I was had to write an obituary. I had to contact bosses. I had to do all this stuff. Um, we did all this live radio the next day. I was interviewed on MNBC and the fucking news people turned it into a violence uh, metal preaching violence story. I was going to be a, a thing on Dimebag and Pantera. In addition to all the other reasons it was fucked up, it was 
the opposite of the D. Snyder thing. It was like an excuse for people who didn't like metal to point and go, oh, see, people who like metal are crazy and stupid, and this music is dangerous. Certainly has changed the metal concert experience forever. Um, I mean, immediately after that, certainly there were metal concerts <coughs> installed at every venue. A lot more security, uh, both at the venue door and on stage. Um, and I mean, one of the most famous metal guitarists in history. You can't imagine that bands aren't going up on stage to play shows every night and not suck their head thinking, what if? We actually passed by the cemetery and everybody carries roses with them. As we pass the cemetery gates of the cemetery, we all toss flowers in honor of Dimebag. And then we, we have designated person that'll gather up all those roses after we pass and places them on the grave and uh you know everybody knows that's that's right for dying was here it's tough man and it's still tough but we carry on his spirit and his legacy and his music and his words and his teachings i walk this earth saying to myself what would dime do i want a fucking bumper sticker wwdd what would dime do and that's how we should all live when we come into a room when we play in a band when we're talking on the radio or doing something cool what would dime do dime would make people smile and make you make everyone feel welcome to the party and that's what i try to teach and what I, a message in that, that i will always have in my heart i, I think all these tributes to dime you know, the ride for dime that happens are, are still continuing to do a wonderful job of uh memorializing him which in turn allows more people to be turned on to music and to maybe get something positive out of their lives so uh this was a tragedy that ultimately i think a lot of positives came out all right so mike van sucks podcast this has been a dime bag daryl special edition of the fucking mike van sucks podcast sounds of the underground um that's my time kids Check it out. If you want to be on Mike Van Exelix podcast, text metal to 865-824-6427. Uh, you can listen to the Mike Van Exelix podcast 24 hours a day on rss.com backslash podcast backslash Mike Van Sucks. If you want to get Mike Van Exelix merchandise and God damn it, who the fuck wouldn't? Um, dude, just uh, go to tpublic.com and search Mike Van Sucks, or go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash mbs dash cast and please support gunmusicradio.com alright guys I'm going to leave you with this